morning. This has been an interesting service this far and different. Lots to learn. If you'd like to follow the scripture reading as we go into it today, you see it on the wall there. And if you want to turn to the place in the Bible near you, page 780. We stand for the reading, please. Thank you. Jeremiah 29:11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Thank you. The word of the Lord. So Gail said things have been a little different this morning and they're going to continue to be a little different as we as we go through this service. This would normally be a communion Sunday. But in the Nazarene church we need a licensed minister to do communion and so we can't do that today. What we will do is at the conclusion of the message we're going to have a, a special time of prayer as a congregation. And I've already asked some people to come up and lead us in different aspects of that prayer. And I'll get into more of that late, later. But when, I, when I'm done here, don't go away. Because we're just getting started. All right? Uh, and, and Bernice showed me a little cartoon this morning. It said, these chickens had this weird look on their face, and it says, when your pastor, after 30 minutes of preaching, says, and for my first point, I hope it's not like that this morning, but it will be, well, just don't go away at the end of the message, okay? Um, Usually, in the past when I've done this, it's. I've had a scripture that I've been thinking about or something like that and as I start to study it and consider it a message is formed this was a little different um, I think it was the 19th of January that I heard some information that I didn't really want to hear And on January 21st, at 4.30 in the morning, I was unable to sleep. And so for the next couple hours, I was praying and thinking. And the outline for this message was formulated in that two hours. 
And for the last two weeks, those of you who have read the midweek devotionals have been reading my formation of this message. And so some of it may seem familiar to you. Um, But this is something that I believe that God told me to help me with the state that I was in. But I want to share it with the congregation because I think it it applies to where we are at as a congregation right now. And so here we go. The three points of today's message are listed right in the title. The title's on your worship folder. He knows. He will. So we can. God knows the plans He has for us. He will complete those plans. So we can live for Him in courageous and confident faith. And the theme of today's message is whatever else God has planned for us, He wants us to experience a deep and full relationship with Him. Gail already read Jeremiah 29.11. It's a well-known and often quoted Bible verse. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil. To give you a a future and a hope. And that's a powerful declaration of God's loving intentions for His people. But the irony of that is, is that through the prophet Jeremiah, God spoke that during one of Judah's most troubling times. God had allowed many of His people to be taken into exile by a pagan nation. And the worst was still to come. The conquest of the Jewish people was going to continue. And it's easy to understand why they didn't like their situation. But God told them they needed to settle down. Then in Jeremiah 29.11, He said, I know. God told His people, I know. And yes, those words were part of a larger sentence but I don't want you to miss them. God told His people, I know. He knew they were in exile. He knew that their city was being sieged and destroyed. He said, I know. Those words remind me of a loving parent comforting a distraught child. I'm sure you've seen it too. They'll cuddle the little person in their arms and tenderly say, shh, I know. I know, and it'll be okay. Yet parents can't always fix their child's problem. They can reassure them that eventually it'll all work out. They can let them know that they'll be there with them, but they can't always fix it. God is different. He can fix anything. And when He says, I know, it's not the end of the sentence. God not only told His people, I know, He said, I know the plans I have for you. Our Lord could have prevented His people from being conquered, but He didn't. He could have kept them from being carried off to Babylon, but He didn't. 
He could have ended their captivity after a short time. He didn't do that either. God had a plan. It was a plan for welfare and not for evil. It was a plan to give them a future and a hope. But we often stop there. We read about future and a hope and we say, Oh, good! We like the thought of having a future and a hope. But the future and the hope God was planning for His people was probably different than what they wanted. When I think of words, a future and a hope, I tend to imagine a pleasant situation. I might picture a nice place to live. Freedom from want, time with people I enjoy, good health, dreams realized, and in my more frivolous moments, a stream full of hungry trout. (laughs) But God's plans go beyond that. He told the Jewish captives that after 70 years, he'd bring them back to Judah. But that wasn't going to be a piece of cake. Those of you who have read Ezra and Nehemiah know that when God's people came back to their land, it was not a fun time. There was a lot that they had to overcome, a lot that they had to do, a lot that needed to be straightened out. Jeremiah 29, 12-13 says, Then you will call upon me and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. God's plan for His people included bringing them into a closer relationship with Him. Whatever else He was going to do for them, He wanted them to know He was answering their prayers. He wanted them to seek Him with all of their heart. His plan was to draw them near. God planned for His people to have a deep and full relationship with Him. So how do we apply that scripture to our lives? Well, I believe that God has the same sort of plans for us. I believe that in every joy and in every disappointment, in every pleasure or hardship, God is there and He's telling us, I know. And then He finishes the sentence and He says, I know the plans I have for you, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. If we listen, we might hear the rest of His plan too. We might hear Him say, In my plan, you will call upon me. My plan includes you praying to me. In everything else I do for you, my plan is for you to seek me and find me. So seek me with all of your heart because you have no idea how much I love you. When God says I know, He means it. It's true. And He has the best possible plans for us. Psalm 139 is one of my favorite Bible passages. It tells me that God knows all about me. He even knows what I will say before I say it. It says He made me in an awe-inspiring way. It says He planned the days of my life. And I like to think He designed those days with me in mind. How could I not desire intimacy with a God who is doing all of that? If I didn't, I'd be a fool. God says, I know, 
but kind of like those TV commercials where they're selling you something for 19.95. But wait, there's more. <laughs> Except with God, whatever is more is not cheap. There's always more with God. And so not only does he say he knows the plans he has for us, plans that are good because they bring us into a more intimate relationship with him, but in Philippians 1.6 he tells us he will. Philippians 1.6 is one of the most encouraging Bible verses I know. In it the Apostle Paul wrote, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. How amazing is that? Not only does God tell us that he knows the plans he has for us, he tells us that he will complete them. He takes it upon himself to fulfill the work he's doing in us. He will direct us, he will clear the path and open the doors. So then there's a question. Does that mean we are to be passive in our relationship with God? Can we just sit back and assume He's got this and we don't need to concern ourselves with anything? The answer is no. A little further along in Philippians, the Apostle Paul declared, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Pressing on doesn't seem passive at all. Instead, it prompts me to think of an athlete or an adventurer or somebody else who is determined to overcome all obstacles to achieve a goal. Furthermore, the passage from Jeremiah encouraged us to do some things. It encouraged us to call upon God and pray to Him. It said, seek Him. It said, search for Him with all of our heart. That's active. That's not passive. It's clear we need to go all in to really experience God's plan. So how do we do that? How do we make sure we are pressing on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus? Where to begin, I think we need to understand that God has given us a clear path. If we look into His Word, much of His plan becomes obvious. For instance, 2 Peter 3.9 says that our Lord wants to save all of us. 1 Thessalonians 4.3 tells us that God wants us to be holy. To bring that about, He's given us the Holy Spirit and instructions about how to live. We have the Ten Commandments. We have the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount. If you want more than that, Turn the page in your Bible. The Bible is filled with instructions and advice to help us to live according to God's plan. And in addition to all of that, our Lord has given us the church. Ephesians 4, 11 through 12 says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building, for the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. All of these things, the Bible, the Ten Commandments, the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount, all of God's other scriptural wisdom and instruction, the church and even God's own presence, 
in the person of the Holy Spirit are pointing us to one thing, a deeper, fuller, more complete, more intimate relationship with himself. That's the plan. Do we really understand that? The one thing all of us need more than the breath we breathe or the breathing or the beating of our heart is is the intimacy with God that is available in Jesus Christ. Again, I want to emphasize that. The one thing all of us need more than the breath we breathe or the beating of our heart is the intimacy with God that is available in Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul told the Philippians, that whatever gain I had, I counted loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For His sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. I ask again, do we really understand that? If you are like me, you have struggled and wrestled your way through this life. In times of plenty, you have sought God's direction about what to do with all you have. In times of poverty, you have sought God's direction for relieving your poverty. In times of health, it is likely you have rejoiced. In times of sickness or pain, You probably sought God's healing. You may have sought God's will about career choices, where to live, whether to marry, who to marry, how to best raise your children, where to minister, how to minister, and the list could continue. If you're a part of this church, we're seeking God for a new pastor. And we need to seek God in all of those things. But as we do, We need to understand that through it all, there is something that we need more than any of that. We need Him. And as He directs us through all of these things, He plans to bring us into a deeper, fuller, more complete, more intimate relationship with Himself. He knows the plans He has for us. He will complete them. Which brings me to the third point. It's not been a half hour yet. And it's not just my first point. The third point. <laughs> we can. Because our, lovingly, because our loving Heavenly Father has a plan for us, He will complete it. And because He will complete it, we can have... Sorry, let me start that one over. Because our loving Heavenly Father has a plan for us, because He will complete it, we can live in courageous and confident faith. All right, thank you. Because of God's plan, a young man named Joseph survived slavery and imprisonment in Egypt. He rose to be Pharaoh's advisor and assistant. Along the way, he grew into a deeper, fuller, more complete, more intimate relationship with our Lord. By faith, a youth named David dedicated himself to God's plan when he faced Goliath, the Philistine giant. He slew that giant 
And along the way, he grew into a deeper, fuller, more complete, more intimate relationship with our Lord. A young woman named Esther gave herself over to God and his plan when she risked her life to appear before the Persian king on behalf of her people. She successfully rescued the Jewish people from annihilation. Along the way, God brought her and her people into a deeper, fuller, more complete, more intimate relationship with himself. Because of God's plan, a fisherman named Peter was used by God to bring Jesus to the Gentiles in the house of Cornelius. And along the way, he grew into a deeper, fuller, more complete, more intimate relationship with our Lord. A Pharisee named Saul, who we now know as the Apostle Paul, was so devoted to God and his plan that he suffered beatings with whips and rods. He was stoned. He was shipwrecked three times. He had to travel frequently. He was often in danger from his own people, from robbers, and from others. He suffered hunger, thirst, and exposure to elements. He was imprisoned. Nevertheless, he chose to remain faithful to God because he was convinced that God had a plan and that God would complete it. Through all of those things, Paul grew into a deeper, fuller, more complete, more intimate relationship with our Lord. Because of God's plan, I, who is on the fast lane to hell, can stand here today and talk to you about God's plan. And along the way, I have grown into a deeper, fuller, more complete, more intimate relationship with our Lord. Finally, because of God and His good plan, our church can move forward and advance His kingdom even while we are searching for a new pastor. We can. And we will grow into a deeper, fuller, more complete, more intimate relationship with our Lord. God knows the plans He has for us. He will complete those plans so we can live for Him in courageous, confident faith. And so now is where I'd like to have the special prayer time and I'm going to call Bernice and Susan and Rob Diamond up. I've asked Bernice the main focus of her leading the congregation to, uh, through prayer, her main focus is our church board. Susan's main focus is going to be our congregation. And I've asked Rob for his focus to be on the pastor that we're going to get. We don't know who that person is yet, but we need to be praying for that person. And so I'm going to step aside while you three do what God's put on your heart. Um, I would like to ask the church board, all of our church board members to stand, please. And Paul, you need to come in here. He's walking further in that way. He needs to walk, walk in. Okay. Um, 
And I, I kind of like you guys to focus on, on these people as I pray, because that's, that's who I'm praying for mainly. Um, Jason Dudley is back with the kids, with his wife. He's also on the board. Um, Brenda is our church board secretary. Um, she's the person that <laughs> I go to when I have somebody come to the door and they need something and I don't know how to help them. Or um, somebody... Um, sends an email and needs help or whatever. I asked her. I got Bob, who's buildings and grounds, and when the pipes break or whatever, I call him and say, Bob! Or when some guy calls and says he's coming over to do a boiler check and I don't want him to be here by myself, Bob! <laughs> he comes over and he takes care of that. Um, Gary Everett is pastoral care. And he he takes care of our pastor. He also takes care of the fellowship and all of that. Um, Kathy Wainer is doing NMI and working on behalf of Renee um, and all of the um, mission stuff that goes on, and she takes care of that. Paul is our computer and our security and again, if somebody's coming to the church and I don't want to be here by myself, I get a hold of him. Or if my computer crashes like it had. I had of Amanda working on some stuff for me too, but she's not on the church board. But anyway, Paul, Paul usually takes care of that and does it. Um, I have Susan and Jason, who I don't know specifically, a uh, specific uh responsibility they have with the board, but they support the other people and they're working on helping us to find a new pastor. Um, Dean um, gets most of it because he's married to me and <laughs> he, he, he has to listen. He shares a bed with me. So, um, so um, he is the Sunday school director, the NDI director, and so he takes care of the education and all of that. So I just would like you guys, these people carry a huge burden. And, um, you know, you can gripe and complain um, or you can pray for and love them. And this is, this is our church and this is our family. And um, I hope you guys are on your knees asking God daily to help these people and to help us. Because they are representing us and they love us and they carry a deep burden for us. And it, it's something that, that isn't an easy job. It's something that we elected them to do and I think they're doing a really good job. So anyway, let's pray. You guys can sit down. But I'd like you guys to kind of put your hands out toward them as we're praying and pray for them, please. Heavenly Father God, I thank you for this precious church board. And I thank you for the responsibilities that they have taken. Um, And I pray for your anointing on their behalf. And I just pray, Lord Jesus, that you would be with them, that you would lead them, that you would guide them, that you would help them to be the men and women of God that you have called them to be. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would help them to see the beauty and giftedness of this church. And that you would help them, Lord, 
to guide the right pastor who also can see the beauty and giftedness of this church family. And they wouldn't see us as a bunch of old people that need a lot of help. But they would see us as as, um, a body of believers who are strong and mature and walking in the Lord and trying to serve you. And I just pray, Lord Jesus, that you would guide us to that right pastor. That you would bring unity to this church board and unity to this congregation. That you would help us, Lord Jesus, to win souls for Jesus um, as a congregation With a new pastor that is coming, we need revival. We need renewal. Help us to love you, God, and to love our church and help our board members to do this. I pray that this pastor would be a prayer warrior, that he would love you with all of his heart, and that that we as a congregation would see that and it would, it would unite us more, it would catch us on fire, that our church board would be caught on fire, that our congregation would be caught on fire, and that there would be nothing else that we could do but have to spew it out of our mouths and share it with others and help people to come to Jesus. Please, Lord Jesus, be with this church board. Bless them. Thank you for the the responsibility they have and bless them. Help them to sleep well at night. Help them to love you and guide the steps that they take. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I'm going to pray for the... I'm sorry. I'm going to pray for the, looking for the pastors. Let's pray. Father God, just thank you, Lord, for your wisdom, your knowledge, your understanding of all things. Thank you for your absolute truth. Just thank you, Lord, right now that you would lead the the board members in looking for a pastor Lord, I would go out on a limb and I would ask because you say we receive not because we ask not. So Lord, I ask for a, a man who has been baptized with the Holy Spirit and with fire. I ask for a man, Lord, who is full of faith. I ask for a man, Lord, who is able to impart faith to those who hear his messages, who hear his teaching. I ask for a man, Lord, who is able to share the heart of God. Lord, we know that it's cool when somebody has a PhD and have training, but it's more important, Lord, that they have that intimate relationship with you and are able to share your heart. And we need to hear your heart, Lord God. Lord, we don't need a, the Simon the fisherman, but we need Peter the rock. We don't need Paul, the Pharisee of Pharisees, but we need Paul, the Apostle. Lord, we don't need Eliab, the older brother, but we need David, who had the favor of God, who was a man after God's own heart. And we don't need Moses, who was a murderer who left Egypt, but we need the Moses 
who is called by the great I am that I am to lead him back into Egypt to set the people free. Where we need that kind of man. Just thank you, Lord. We need one who is able, like Joshua and Caleb, Lord, able to go up and possess the land in face of the giants and still have the victory. We just bless you that you would cause it to come to pass. We believe it by faith in Jesus' name. Hello, everybody. It's nice to see you. I'm not going to do the second sermon today, but I wrote some notes because Dean said you have three minutes, and so I'll stay on track. Uh, but I just wanted to tell you that uh, while Dean was preaching, I was thinking about uh, this moment when Jesus um, appeared to his disciples after uh, he was risen from the dead. And each time that he did, he said, peace be with you. And so um, that's a lot of encouragement for me because God doesn't want us to be afraid of him. He wants us to know that he loves us and that he wants us to have his peace. And he is here with us today. He is actually um, in us through his Holy Spirit. And I'm going to do the last part of this prayer. And um, here we go. Let's pray. Almighty God, we're here today as one body in the name that is above all names, Jesus Christ, your Son and Savior. That's the reason we come before you today, united by the love of Christ who paid the price for our sins, and by the power of his resurrection, which is within us, through the Holy Spirit. I pray for your blessing and guidance upon this congregation, the Longman Church of the Nazarene. Thank you, Father, for the leaders who are serving in this church in the various ministries. And thank you for the congregation and all the people who attend this church. I pray that you bless them with heavenly blessings and the the anointment of your Holy Spirit. Father, we're praying for a pastor to serve you in this church. A pastor with a servant's heart who loves you and is willing to take care of your lambs with patience and dedication. We know that you look at the heart and not at the external appearance because you are not impressed by our external appearance but by a sincere heart towards you. Our Lord Jesus, we are your lambs and the sheep of your pasture. And even though we're asking for a pastor for this congregation, I pray that you help us always put our faith and hope in you and not in human strength or wisdom. For you alone are God, and you work in ways that go beyond our abilities. 
and understanding. Our everlasting Father, as your word says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lay down in green pastures, he leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He restores my soul, he guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yes, Lord, you restore our souls, and it is your desire that we turn to you sincerely so we can get to know you and have a relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. The peace of Christ be with you. So I'm going to ask the music team to come back and do their their last hymn, and then I will offer the benediction after that. Now I'm going to go out on a limb and, and add one more thing unscripted and most people that know me, you ought to be afraid right now. We are. Good. Um, no, I was thinking as I was um, looking around the congregation, there's a few holes in our pews right now of people. I want to encourage you right now to look around the room. If there's somebody specific that you know is not here today, would you encourage them? Would you send them a note? I would have to say that of all the churches I've ever been with, and I've been in a lot, in ministry and as a lay person, this church, what it does best is to love its people. And there are some people that aren't here because maybe they don't feel good. Maybe they're just struggling. Would you look around and and ask the Lord to bring to mind, go home today, make a contact with them. We are all ministers. And as we wait for our next pastor, as Dean said, we are still in the process. We are still going to grow. And this is one way we can do that. But this song is a praise song. It is truly wonderful what the Lord has done. Stand with me and sing.
single blessing which we receive on earth that does not come from heaven, the source of our new birth. It is truly wonderful what the Lord has done. It is truly wonderful. It is truly wonderful. It is truly wonderful what the Lord has done. Glory to What the Lord has done. Glory to His name. So the benediction this morning is found in Joshua 1 9. It says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Go in peace. Amen.